All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey, guys. What's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. One thing that we wanted to lead with that I know is near and dear to all of our hearts is possibly bringing back the historic old school color of the Jaguars teal so we're going to be wearing I guess what is it the next home game against Cincinnati that we're going to wear the all teal uniforms uh, I guess but I mean after like five or six years now teal street hooligans there's only been teal one time so their name is kind of funny now but you know regardless we're bringing back the teal so I'm happy with it uh classic colors classic throwbacks I'll take it I take anything. Well, I don't even think it's throwbacks. Uh, I think it's just like the same uniforms, but all teal, right? It, 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 I mean, you know, classic colors. It, it just it, it. I mean, it's got to be hot as all get out wearing all black. That's why they wear whites during the summertime, and then they switch to blacks during the wintertime. Black color. Um, it might be a little bit cooler for them, uh, but traditional colors, man. Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah. Speaking of black and white, our next topic is race relations. So what do you guys think about? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so what about the uh, did you guys hear that next season that we're potentially going to get all new uniforms and helmets and, and all that stuff all together? Uh, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I, I, I saw it and I didn't know um, that it was that was something that was going to happen. And then apparently it started to gain more legs. I saw it through Big Cat Country's feed or whatever. And uh, it's it's kind of prevented me from buying another jersey because I have this thing where I buy a jersey. Like I bought an A-Rob jersey this year. Next thing you know now, we're getting new uniforms next year. So I will be one of the first people getting the jersey, uh, you know, to kind of prevent that five-year uh, five uh, itch that I have. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you right now. When they do come out with the old stuff or the new stuff, the old stuff will be on sale at like TJ Maxx for like five bucks. <laughs> a co- coworker of ours, literally, he, he, I don't know what he does on his lunch break or how he knows where to go to get stuff for the discounted price, but he comes back with like full, like authentic jerseys from Marshalls and TJ Maxx for like four ninety nine adult sizes. Yeah, what's super annoying is when the people that discover that buy all of them and then resell them at like you know, double the price or something. But anyway, so like I just I apparently the contract ended and that's the the deal is that this was the last season with that particular not contract, but I guess you have some kind of agreement with the NFL where you can't change it after so many seasons and uh this is the last year. So, uh what are, what are you guys thinking as far as uh the redesign? Do you think we go back to the classics? Do we do a uh, an Oregon of the NFL type thing like Nike or whomever it said originally was the whole concept? I think the only thing I'm mostly wanting is is just going back to a black helmet. Yeah, the the black helmet going back to, you know, the black helmet. Definitely got to throw in a black jersey there that they only break out for um you know, big games. Remember they had that, that, that black jersey that seemed like the Jags were like unbeatable in whenever we beat like the Steelers a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we played really tough in that. So definitely keep a black jersey, a white. And I, I guess the teal would be, uh, either like a home or yeah, would be a home. Yeah. I mean, if they do do something with Nike, man, they're, they're, they're kind of dropping the ball right now with jerseys because NBA jerseys are ripping left and right. So they better, uh, they better tighten up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So that's uh, been a good discussion about fashion. That's exciting. So the big news from a few days ago was obviously something I think we all anticipated, and that was the eventual release of Jason Myers. So he was cut. He was replaced by former San Diego Chargers kicker Josh Lambeau, who actually has a pretty cool 
background. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I saw on Twitter that he was actually like a pro soccer player before he got into uh, football. Like, uh, I don't remember who somebody was tweeting with me about it. Who was like a big soccer fan. They say, they said that he played with the like the rowdy something in Orlando. Like there's some team down there that's like in the same league as the Armada, I guess. Oh, you're talking about Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is that? The Tampa Bay Rowdy? Is that the team name? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. All I know is the Armada. <laughs> yeah, it's something stupid like that. No offense. But so he um, apparently he just had a change of heart and decided he wanted to get, go and become a kicker, which I wish I had talent to just change my mind and do things like that. And um, and, th- and that's who we have. So from what I understand, from what I remember, and, and I looked and listened to 1010XL some where they talked about the statistics and everything. I don't recall him being too bad. I think he got, just got beat in, in camp by that guy, uh, Young Ho Kim, who I got on my fantasy team and had to promptly cut after three weeks. And he supposedly like, he's not like a long range kicker like Myers, but he's a lot more accurate on the short range stuff. And to be honest with you, I am perfectly okay with that. Like if he can make the 30 yarders and the extra points, I don't even care. Like don't even make him kick 40 yarders. If he can just make that stuff, I'm sufficiently fine with him. Yo, I'm saying this right now. If he miss one, I'm getting in the car and I'm going to Scobie house, man. <laughs> if he misses I'll one. Just be like, I'm, yeah, if he miss what? Just one extra point, field goal, 20, 40, 50. I, if he miss one kick, people going to say, where, where did Derek go? He's, like, he's over at Scobie's house on his driveway begging for him to come back. And if Caldwell's the problem, we can take care of that too. So um, <laughs> that's where I'll be. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, man. We 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 left nine points uh, on the board uh, last game, and plus, I mean, it's just one of those things when when your kicker comes on, you, you want to have a sense of confidence that, like, all right, he he's probably gonna hit, he's gonna hit this one. All right, let the defense hold up, and then for it to be a shock for you know for the fan base for him to miss it, not us coming in expecting for him to miss this or expecting for him to miss like a uh, an extra point, like it's just un unreal. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I mean, I, I it's, it's stupid that I'm excited about this. It's just a kicker transaction, but it is one of those things. Where there's a lot less anxiety involved, but he'll definitely have a lot of pressure on him just because, again, like Derek said, he can't miss anything in the beginning. He needs to be perfect in the first game, at least, at least the first home game. Um, yeah, that's that's not stupid. I mean, you gotta think about what we've been through. Okay, I mean. Every hospital in town probably got an extra patient or two from the cardiac ward every time Myers went up to kick. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, good night. Well, our my daughter and I season tickets are kind of like in a corner at an angle where you really can't tell like if the ball goes in or not. So I always had to, at least in the two home games this season and, and some last season, just kind of gauge the the make or miss first off basis based off people's facial uh, expressions and how much they cursed. And so usually you can get a pretty good <laughs> gauge of that. Um, another uh, person that uh, fans <laughs> love to drop F-bombs around uh, the stadium about is Blake Bortles. He's had his struggles this season. Um, one thing that a lot of people are, are looking at is the trade deadline coming up on October 31st. So I'll start with you, Derek. Do you think there is any reasonable opportunity or, or possibility that the Jaguars make any move related to quarterback or are we pretty much writing out the rest of the season with Blake and Chad um, the rest of the way? We're not doing anything and it's two words. Dave Caldwell. That's it. We're not doing a single thing. He won't make a single trade. He won't He won't do anything. When, when, what, he's been here four years, five years now? Has he ever traded a draft pick? 
Can we look that up? Do we know? Do we know that? Has he ever traded a bad draft pick? So, and that's all we have that teams really want is draft picks. I mean, they might want some of our defensive guys now, but we better not give them up. Um, it it just, it's not going to happen. No. Uh, and it's because of Caldwell. I mean, there are things that, you know, Coughlin's supposed to be in charge, but I don't think Coughlin is in charge. I think Coughlin's sitting back letting Caldwell screw it up so he'll be gone next year. Yeah, so it's possible. Well, JK3, I kind of got some heat at work and with some people uh, talking about this trade scenario. I legitimately think that I would give up a first-round pick, maybe even uh, a third-round pick in a combo package for Jimmy Garoppolo with the Patriots. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I would, I, I would take it. I, I would, I would absolutely take it. Uh, simply because if Jacoby Brissett and Tom Brady still talk, I wonder what him and and, and Jimmy Garoppolo do. They, Jimmy probably lives in the the in law suite <laughs> at Tom Brady's house. Uh, the thing about it is, is that we don't want to, we don't want to take a high price free agent or a high price risk like that, and he turned out to be, um, you know, just just somebody that's not good. Um, there's a reason why, you know, he's not playing obviously because of Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, we saw what we, what we, what he did in, in some of the games that Brady's missed because of the suspension, you know, things like that. But I, I agree with Derek, um, you know, what, what he, he said about Dave Caldwell is that it's not going to happen. Um, and you could tell that it wasn't going to happen at the beginning of this year when we picked up the Bortles fifth option. The fifth year option. Yeah. So this is his make or break year. Now we are letting him break us and we have no reason. I mean, it, it's just, this is it. And this is what we're getting from him. We, he was on a prove it year. Uh, we were going to take the Henny and Bortles train, um, you know, all the way to the fifth year. Hopefully we're going to get more garbage time, um, you know, production out of Blake, but we really have just got, you know, mediocre or less par Blake. And, um, you know, as a Jags fan and as a fan base, you just got to realize that in this world that we have in our head where we can go ahead and make these trades and make this happen and make that happen. It's not really reasonable. It's not going to happen because they've already put that fifth year option to him. They've already told him and they were a man of their word. We're going to give you this year to see what you can do, uh, you know, from a, from a QB perspective for us. Fail, you fail, you, you pass, then we'll look at other options. Maybe you'll be the trade bait, you know, next year. But yeah, he, he, I mean, we got, uh, you know, what six more games? Yeah, seven more games left under Bortles. So we got to deal with. Yeah, already half, almost a quarter, two, uh, a quarter and a half through the season. It would just be so amazing to be able, and I, and I agree. I mean, it's probably very unlikely, but it would be amazing to be able to make a blockbuster trade, and it, it probably even more unlikely the Patriots would do it now that they don't have another uh, backup like Jacoby Brissett, uh, who will be facing right. Sunday. But um, just because it seems like this is such a like quarterback, it would be so influential towards a much better season. Like we, I feel like we're so good, and it just sucks that that's holding us back. But I guess that's just the reality of the situation that we're in. Um, well, well, you got to look at it this way too. Anybody that's worth trading for, that's not, you know, you got a, one or two guys that may be a proven backup that will get their chance to start someday. But the rest of them have no trade clauses, and they don't want to come here. Oh, like the big guys. Yeah, yeah. Like let's let's just throw this out here. I'm just I'm just dropping a name, so that's not Philip Rivers. Okay, Philip Rivers like is a small. He's a small town guy. He's from you know the country of North Carolina. He made it public. He didn't want to go to L.A. They had to talk him into it. They can't even put 15,000 people in a stadium for their games in, in L.A. So, you know, he could probably like, oh, I want to leave. 
But I'm not going to Jacksonville, although we got the perfect small time town feel. Uh, the, the problem is, you know, it's, it's kind of big starts and ends with Dave Caldwell. You know, most of the, uh, most people in the NFL, you know, right now think he's a joke. Uh, and like I said, uh, last episode, Calais Campbell, Calais Campbell's not here because of Dave Caldwell. I tell you that right now. I was like, even with the money and all the cap room we got, Dave Caldwell has nothing to do with that. Yeah, he's gotten some, you know, he got to Sean Gibson, uh, before Coughlin got here. But as far as just overall, you know, popularity within the league and within the players. Yeah. No. I would, so it starts. I mean, I would concede that if he were to trade for another quarterback, he's pretty much signing his own fate because of the fact that that acknowledges that his high draft pick was a failure. So, I mean, that probably makes a lot of sense. But man, Phillip Rivers, I didn't even think about that. That would be amazing. Eli Manning, I'd be good with. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd be good with. Like, literally, JK3, I will take any other quarterback just so we can try something different. Like, honestly, like, I think we should kind of go down the list. So, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, who are the other guys out there that if. If by miracle we make a move and do something exciting, backups or starters, like what would be some other guys out there that potentially could work for us? Tony Romo, if we could protect him. Ooh, Tony Romo. <laughs> he gonna bring like he gonna bring Romo out the booth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! First of all, I, I tell you this, you know, people. I heard some people talking about Romo. I don't think Romo's just a unrestricted free agent. If he came back, you'd have to give Dallas something to get him. Um, and that's better than Bortles any day of the week. So I, I'll, I'll take him. If broke back and all, you know, I'll, I'll take him any day. I mean, I would, I would, the, the most obvious choice for this, what this team is trying to do and what they're trying to run with their offense, I, I would take a guy, his first name uh, rhymes with Ballin and his last name rhymes with Apernick. So, um, you know, I, 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 I would take a, a, a person like that, you know, just because of the type of offense that he runs. And people, you can't go, you can't ignore what the read option did and how it catapulted San Francisco into the type of offense that they had and what the Jaguars are basically trying to do and what Tennessee's trying to do right now. Marcus Mariota and uh, Colin Kaepernick are Colin Kaepernick are very similar uh, you know, style of play quarterbacks. I think Cap may be a little bit taller. Uh, Mariota may be a little bit, uh, you know, a, a little bit wider, but they both can perfect the read option. They both have a good arm. I have no idea why we would even invest in a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, why we would invest in an Eli Manning, why we would invest into a Phillip Rivers who isn't mobile. What this team does to um, statue quarterbacks, Calais Campbell has eight sacks. Dante Fowler, who everybody wrote off in the offseason now is a new guy. He's got four sacks. And Gakwe, what do we do to, to the, you know, to the, to the statue quarterbacks? We sack them. The mobile quarterbacks can't put a finger on them. So you're saying Brian, Brian Hoyer is not uh, in your top five? I, I'm saying I, will, I he is not, and neither is RG3 <laughs> or, John, or Johnny Menzel. Uh, go hey. get Cap. Hey, they're all above Bortles in my book, okay? Every last one of them. Keep naming them. <laughs> yeah. You guys think Bortles is at the beach now? Wait till, wait till uh, uh, Manziel gets here. <laughs> yeah. So I think kind of talking through. Hey, go ahead. He could, he could at least go out and play Manziel. Manziel could be hung over like no tomorrow, and he'd still go out there and sling it. You know, he'd still fight. Yeah. Nah. 
Yeah, I don't know about that take. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I I mean, Kaepernick's pretty much written off by Coughlin already a couple weeks ago. So I, Derek and I spent like <laughs> 20 minutes talking about that in the last episode. And I don't even know why because Coughlin publicly stated that that was a, a no-go. But I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I just think that uh, it just seems like such a waste. Uh, and I, I don't know. It just kills me that we can't do anything with this. And the biggest thing that, that put the fear of God in me last week is the possibility of Leonard Fournette getting hurt. Uh, he's ranked second in the NFL in rushing yards at 596. Uh, the Jaguars as a whole, and I tweeted this the other day, are the leading uh, rushing team uh, yards per game in the NFL with 165.8. Uh, which is actually, uh, I think, like 30 or 40 yards higher than the, the next closest team, which is just insane. Obviously, Fournette's a big reason behind that. Um, that limping off of the field, like I said last time, is probably one of the worst things, most fearful moments I've ever had. My biggest thing is, are there any... First of all, Mike K had written, and yeah, we're going to have him on in a few weeks. So, by the way, technical issues on that, but he'll be back. He had written that uh, Fournette, uh, I guess, wasn't practicing yesterday. I don't know what came to pass today on Thursday, but uh, there was a possibility that he might not play on Sunday. And so the thing I worry about is knowing that if there is any possibility of us going to the playoffs or winning our division, it's going to be strictly based on the fact that Fournette is healthy and playing. So when it comes to his durability and the kind of pace that he's keeping up uh, the rest of this year with the, the physicality and everything. Um, JK3, I'll, I'll ask you, is this, how should we play this going forward? Because knowing that he's the guy that's going to lead us to the, to the promised land, if there is a promised land, um, do they need to adjust how he's playing? Should they sit him out of games where there's more likelihood that we can win, like against Indianapolis? Or, or what would you uh, strategize if you were the head coach? Well, definitely for this game, he needs to be on a pitch count. Uh, this game because we've we've got a, a lackluster opponent this Sunday, Indianapolis. I don't need to see this guy get tackled the wrong way. I don't need to see him going to juke the wrong way and completely roll his, his ankle or tear ACL or something like that or take unnecessary hits. Um, definitely on a pitch count in this game because we got the bye week coming up as well. Um, you know, let Corey, uh, let uh, TJ, excuse me. Let uh, Chris Ivory be your feature back and then maybe get some of those plays in with uh, a Corey Grant. Maybe a couple plays here and there for Fournette, uh, but definitely not as much as he has been. Uh, Ivory, unbelievably, has shown, uh, you know, that he, that he's got that, that breakaway speed and got the uh, division as well. It's because the offensive line is playing, you know, uh, mediocre or not mediocre. They're playing really good, actually. Um, so they've been creating some running lanes, but long story short, Fournette's got to be on a pitch count at least this week, rest next week in the bye, uh, get some treatment. And then from there, we'll see how it'll go. What do you think, Derek? Do you think Fournette can keep up the pace the rest of the season or is this just a, uh, letdown waiting to happen? I guess. It's not necessarily a letdown. It's just it's almost like a a a punch punch drunk fighter. Okay, meaning yeah, he's big and strong. Yeah, he's a rookie, but this is the NFL, guys. You know, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. Earl Thomas, who's five foot eleven, two hundred pounds, cracked Gronk's chest last year. He cracked his sternum almost with a hit. Gronk is bigger than Fournette. Yeah. <laughs> and Earl Thomas is only five foot eleven, 195, 200 pounds. My point is the DBs out here and their linebackers out here, they will hit. And yeah, in the game, six games in, yeah, he's waving guys on and, and he's ready to take on the contact. But week after week, that's going to start to, that's going to start to wear on you. It, it wears on any man. 
I mean, there's only one running back I've seen take real punishment for a long time in the NFL, and that's Adrian Peterson. And Fournette's got a long way to go before he even starts, you know, we even start comparing him to him. So it's just going to be tough. And hopefully the offense can just do something, get creative, you know, whether if it's screens to Corey Grant, but it doesn't have to be a halfback screen, put him out at receiver. You know, he's got some speed, teach him a couple routes, some slants, uh, slips, just something creative to move the ball down the field. It doesn't have to be line up in the shotgun and throw it and make every third and long, but just do something. So this Sunday, it looks like with the Colts, uh, I, I think there was some speculation that maybe Andrew Luck was going to be back, but I think that's pretty much just shot down completely now. So it looks like we have Jacoby Brissett. So, um, you know, what do you guys anticipate uh, when it comes to Brissett? Like, how is how is the defense going to adjust to a guy like him? Because, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him, but isn't he more of like the mobile type uh, quarterback that sometimes gives us fits? I'm not worried about uh, Brissett. I'm I'm worried about uh, Frank Go- um, uh, Gore. That's that's who I, I'm worried about. Because if this this team, if they get any, cause, I mean, look at it. Look what, look what our passing and look what our passing defense has done. There's no way Jacoby Brissett is going to come out and have just a an, a career day against these guys. I mean, legitimately, we got it's that's not going to happen. Frank Gore is the person that we need to scheme for. Uh, you know, for this game going forward, simply because he's got the fountain of youth. Uh, he's continuous. Got like he's been like what in the league for like 15 years and still producing at a high pace. This dude gets one or two blocks. He's still got the gas and the tank to take it through the entire way. Uh, we've seen what rushing offenses can do to this defense. Um, I mean, we saw uh, uh, last week uh, a couple of um, issues with Todd Gurley. I'm not saying Todd Gurley is a you know a Frank Gore, but. He, he gave them some issues and some of the same plays that they put on tape and some of the holes in the schemes that they uh, put uh, against our defense are probably put on tape. And I guarantee you Indy's going to scheme to try to run the ball. Well, Derek, let me ask you, because like we're I looked at it yesterday. We're still like second or third from last and in, in rushing defense in the league. Um, this is, I guess, kind of an X's and O's question. So like we caught we are regularly recognized for having really good linebackers, right? And really good defensive linemen, right? So how is it that we get so like we get pressure, we get sacks, does the whole Saxonville thing, but then when it comes to the run game, we are just completely sucky. Like what what is something misleading about that stat? What I mean, how are how are we good on that side of it with the same players, but so bad on the other side of it? So look at it this way. When you're a offensive coach and you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm going up against the Jags D-line, the Jags defense. They have great corners. They have fast linebackers. They have guys that rush up the field. So the one way you combat that as as a coach, and, you know, we're talking, you know, these guys, they do this for a living. So you can imagine what they come up with. You use the defense's over-aggressiveness to your advantage. Draws. You draw plays, you delays, things of that nature. Um, I want to say the Jets ran a bunch of draws, and what they did was basically suck the line up, and then they handed the ball off, and instead of you know four down linemen and three linebackers or two linebackers, you only probably had one down lineman and one linebacker to beat. Um, so that that definitely that definitely hurts. Another thing is, and I was sad to say that. You know, unfortunately, we missed this guy in the run game is Cyprian. 
Cyprian, one thing he did do well is he got down in the box and he would stick anybody. Problem was he couldn't cover anybody. So uh, that that you know replacing him wasn't you know it wasn't easy. So it's more of a, a coaching uh, from a coaching standpoint of coaches know that. Hey, get these out. So they're so over aggressive. They're so ready to make a play. Let's use their own aggressiveness to our advantage and see if we can't get them out of position. So what? Because no matter how good you are, if you're out of position, you can't make a play. So is Todd. Well, so, go ahead. Sorry. To, 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 on the, my bad. On the flip side with, with Cyprian, Colvin has been playing, you know, lights out these last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, they, they've got a, I mean, he's a nickel back, but I don't see them, uh, them, them bringing in a lot of nickel coverage. For that, because usually nickel is like whether you add a bunch of we we're expecting in the past, but they need to find a way to. I mean, I don't know where they have the room to bring him in on on rundowns and, and or potential run slash pass option plays. But uh, you know, he he's kind of uh, making up where where Cyprian was lacking in the coverage and in the the for sure tackling. So I guess that's that's what I'm wondering. Is it is it more so? It's not the talent, obviously. So is it just Todd Wash kind of being um, out coached to a certain degree? I mean, like. You know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say out coach. Here's another example. So Miles Jack, okay, he has proven he can go sideline to sideline. He's proven that he's a physical specimen that that you know is very strong and can can even run with half the receivers in the NFL. But all a coach has to do is say, okay, let's get him out of the way. Let's do something to put him out of position so he can't. By the time he recovers, it's too late. We're already gone. That's that's what it is, and. A coach can only harness that type of talent and skill so much to where you just have to let him go out and play. And he's just got to learn to stay home. Now, I'm not saying this is all his fault. It's definitely not. But that's why it's so important to stay home. And Fowler, Jack, even Ngakwe some, they have definitely been so eager to make a play you know, you run a play action or you run a draw uh, uh, or a uh, a delay or, or there's another word they use for a counter. That that's So that's another run that a lot of uh, teams have used against us, the counter play. So you basically, the quarterback starts one way and he ends up the other. The back makes like a step over and then he comes back to the left or right. So basically your defense like, oh, crap, he went to the right. Let's go. So you've already taken three steps over. Then they counter back to the left and you're like, oh. You know, yeah, they recovered. Yeah, they got the speed. But when you got two pulling guards coming over to block you, you're already out of position. I wish people. So it's like you. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say I wish people could see that your exaggerated physical motions when you when you. Oh crap! I'm going this way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know. So in 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 any sport, man, when you get someone out of position. I don't care how good you are. When you're out of position, it's 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 Christmas. That, that means it's a wrap. Okay, it's done. <laughs> they're they're gonna make a play. Okay. Well, I I really am curious uh, from you guys if you think that you know there's been some talk about you know the Jaguars uh, front office or organization issuing apologies uh, this past week. Do you think that Mark Lamping should issue an apology to all Jaguars fans for the uh, Xfinity Wi-Fi in the stadium being so sucky? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> I, I've never seen my picture up on Jaguars Game Day Live at the stadium. 
Um, I will tweet it. I'll put my hashtag in whenever, uh, and also on my Instagram. And I've never seen my picture up there, so yeah, uh, yeah. He definitely needs to send me an apology. I think for that. I think that that is. I, I have a conspiracy theory, real quick, for you. Okay, so I don't know, and maybe people can tweet or email if this is not true. I don't know anybody that's been on that board. Okay, I've never seen anybody's Instagram handle or anything. Is that fake? Like, is that like, did they take stock photos and like Photoshop Jaguars attire and like makeup accounts and stuff? Like, is that real stuff up there from actual fans tweeting in and stuff? Supposedly it is, but like, we'll, we'll just keep, just take a look at it and see if you, if you see somebody on with like a, with a garage jersey on and a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> it's from that game where we played the Bears or, or something that we had to win the playoffs or yeah. something crazy like that. <laughs> so yeah, just, just, just. Oh jeez, uh, uh. <laughs> it just you know I don't know. I guess it's not what you know; it's who you know. Well, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is is that I switched to T-Mobile, okay? And there's no like T-Mobile reception. The Xfinity Wi-Fi you connect to it, nothing loads. And so what I'm saying is, is in the downtime during the game where nothing's going on, um, it's a very weird feeling to not have access to the internet. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, you switch you you switch to T-Mobile, the Fisher Price of cell phone companies. <laughs> my, uh, my first my first cell phone. <laughs> I mean, come on, hey, you went to T-Mobile. That's right. You used to walk around that big old sidekick, man. Oh, he hey, had a phone hey, that whoa, looked like a 1992 walkie-talkie. <laughs> was the best phone ever made in the history of phones. At me. Tweet me, we will fight about it. The i the side the sidekick two is the best cell cell phone ever made with the AIM access, the QWERTY keyboard where you just flipped it back and forth. Oh, best best cell phone ever made, hands down. So you had so you had to stop using it just recently because they cut AIM right. <laughs> yeah, stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. That, that, why are you bringing up old stuff? And I used to uh, I used to drop some lines to my uh, wife back in the day on AIM on AIM as we called it. So uh, that's kind of uh, okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. We gonna we gonna we gonna what stop was your, right What was your what was your what was your username? Um, I don't remember actually. I think actually I think at one point it was like um, just like my last name and some numbers or something. I don't know. I don't really remember. But I just remember. You remember that warn feature where you could warn somebody over and over and then like get their account locked? No. I never, uh, okay. never did that. Do you guys ever go in <laughs> chat rooms? Like I used to go in like pro wrestling chat rooms and talk major trash with people. <laughs> you do that now. I guess that's changed. That's, you do it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting there like looking. I'm like, why is my phone keep going off? I'm getting all these notifications from the, uh, the Twitter that you included me in about you battling with somebody. And I'm like, what the heck is Corey doing, man? Yeah, sorry about that. But anyway, but yeah, that Wi-Fi is bad. So this is a, a formal uh, declaration that the Jaguar should, uh, or not even the, ja- the Xfinity. Like, come on now. Like, you know, there's going to be a bazillion people in the stadium. Let's make the the Wi-Fi work, okay? Let's help the fans out a little bit, okay? So what we'll do is we'll get Blake Bortles to get on the next Xfinity commercial, <laughs> and then you oh, know, God, yeah, <laughs> they both bad. You know what I was right? say, I don't so think that look, helps look, anything. Look at it this way. Look at this way. What nineteen million dollar player on a professional sports team? Okay, in his own town, and you don't see him on a single advertisement, billboard, radio commercial, television commercial. Nah, I he's mean, on that. I he's went on to that a gas station. He's on the Brumos commercial. 
I ain't seen him on the Brumos commercial. I saw him on. Man, he was on that Rogaine commercial, wasn't he? I, I I went to a gate station not too long ago, and I swear they still had like Gus Bradley of the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> uh, audio playback. Dailies, or something yeah. Like that. The J- or Dailies, yeah. The Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, speaking he, of that, the guy. The, so if anyone did, so you guys went to the game on Sunday. Uh, I stayed home to watch the game, and there was an announcer. Who said Jaguars the worst way? It was worse <laughs> oh, than yeah. Gus Bradley. Oh, yeah. Where it was like the 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 Jaguars. It was just like, and I thought I heard it once. And then one of my, my one of my buddies uh, out in Hawaii who has NFL Sunday ticket was like, "Yo, who the heck is calling your game right now?" And I was like, "Uh, Slareth and some other rando." Uh, and he was like, "Why? He, why does he keep saying Jaguars like that?" <laughs> and I had to I, until it, he pointed it out to me. And every time he said it, it was like the third word. We were just like, and then Twitter was blowing up. Everyone's like, "Dude, just say Jacks or Jags. Just stop saying Jaguars for the love of, of God." It was like like forks on a, on a on a plate. It was the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. This is a. I think this is a good follow up to the last episode in terms of talking about the real issues in life that are important. Um, so hey man, this is first world problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. So to, to wrap up this, this Sunday, I mean, this should be a win, right? Should be, it could be, but it just depends on which Bortle shows up. I mean, we're not at home. And, um, so I guess he can't do whatever he does on Saturday night to screw it all up. Cause he'll be, you know, with the team. So I, I'm chalking it up as a win. I'm saying we, we, we get the W uh, this Sunday. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I honestly really think that this could be either a make or break game for him because Baltimore, we had a pretty good showing with the pass offense um, earlier in the game on Sunday. We saw a couple of things that we would like to see some of the high percentage, you know, um, you know screen passes. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we saw some pretty, some pretty good stuff like that. So hopefully, I mean, this is his game. I mean, we know that their their defense. Or we know they're not going to pass the ball, and I'm just being really high on the, the the best secondary and the best pass rush on in the league. You know, so that's why I put those stats there. The rushing opportunities will probably be there. We really need Blake to go out and throw the ball as much as slack as I'm probably going to get for saying that. But we really need him to go out and 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 throw the ball because a banged up Fournette that that that's not going to help us out for the rest of the year. We really need to make that Philip Rivers move. That was the greatest idea I've ever heard. Oh my god! To be honest with you, <laughs> he throws the ball like a shot put. Yeah, yeah. My uh, early remember memory of uh, Philip Rivers is I saw him play for NC State at uh, Old Hell Stadium back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can wish we had another quarterback, and we're just gonna sit here and just dream and be disappointed every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I want to give really quick two shout outs uh, from recent or some shout outs from recent uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we'll leave it there. And if you guys are on an iPhone or an iPad or a Mac, if you can jump on there and leave us a five star review, that would be awesome. Uh, a couple of the ones that uh, we got recently, uh, one from uh, Sherrod, who said, awesome job, informative, smart and funny. And he gave the uh, A plus as his subject line, which was uh, very, very kind. Uh, Corolla Lover, who, Derek, wasn't that a guy from way back when we first started? Remember the name Corolla Lover? Yeah. Doesn't that sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. yeah. So he's a, a loyal listener. Uh, he, he gave us five stars. Appreciate that. Yeah. And he wrote, love it. Yeah. And I feel like it's really weird that he's so, like, into Cor- Toyota Corollas, though. You know what I mean? Like, 
It's kind of like a hey man, hey man. When you, when you, I'm a brand guy. Okay, if it works, why why switch? You know. Yeah. So it might it might have been the first car you ever got, and you probably bought one every five to ten years. I, I kind of did the same thing too for a long time. So yeah, I saw a Corolla one time, and it had like three hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. <laughs> Like I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Well, maybe, that's a long way. Maybe that's why he's a Corolla lover. And then one uh, Beach Bandit uh, five, which <laughs> five. That's that's Blake. That is Blake. <laughs> that is Blake leaving us a five star review. So uh, hey, hey, we he, made it. He leave, we made it. If he leaving a review, it's gonna be the first one star. <laughs> and you know what? I'll take it because if that's what it takes to to be like, hey, we don't like you, just leave, <laughs> just go away. Okay, then he might go away. That's so funny though i didn't make that connection that's that so blake bortle left (laughs) us a review and said um he said uh great podcast he said love it always happy to hear that other people love the jags as much as i do you guys seem to have some great insight about this team go jags and he said p.s Corey seems to know the most about football so i thought that was cool that's Um, definitely blake (laughs) yeah say what kind of tom foolery is that and then uh, two more, uh, Double J 86, uh, he said, as a Jag, Jag fan, I have found the best Jag pod out. So uh, definitely have to agree with that statement. That's, that's truth. Hashtag truth. And then uh, El Capitan Jacobs, who I think is a guy who we've interacted for or with on Twitter before. This guy goes all in. He gives five stars. The subject line, finally, I like that, that's dramatic. And he says, glad to finally find a podcast about the Jaguars in Jacksonville that isn't by beat writers or media that is otherwise affiliated. Uh, by the way, we're affiliated with Big Cat Country. Thank you, Big Cat Country. Um, and uh, won't go in hard on when it's warranted, or or won't go in hard on when it's warranted by the product on the field. Fair criticism, good analysis, and all of it with the central thread of being passionate about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the community surrounding it. Um, so I thought that was cool because that is true. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but it's not like, you know, we're some writers or anything. We're kind of just fans that decided to do this for fun. And, uh, thankfully we have some cool people out there who are kind enough to support us and listen to us. I don't know about you, but I, I've got my own like Emmy or Pulitzer prize. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> yeah, isn't that what you get for writing storybooks? Story, storybooks. Storybooks. When you used to go to the library and you get the book with a little gold seal on it, and it's like, oh man, I got to read that one because it won this reward. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No? Y- y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I don't think that's the Pulitzer Prize. I think that's like some like other thing. <laughs> I just like storybooks. That doesn't sound like a very academic statement. Well, but no, that's right. he's right. It's uh, a war for achievement, newspaper, magazine, and online journalism, literature, and Man, musical no. composition. Tell him. He's talking Tell about him. No, he's talking Tell him. He says. Listen, I'll ask my daughter tomorrow morning because there's a, there's a gold thing that goes on children's books or story books, as JK3 would call it. Uh, but it's not the Pulitzer Prize. It's like some other thing okay. just for kids' books. First off, your daughter isn't like a regular kid. She's been here before. She's smarter than me. So <laughs> yeah. she, she's not reading the same books that I read. So, so she has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Okay. So we will wrap it up there. Um, you guys remember you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, pretty much all the major podcast, uh, excuse me, podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Down by the Bank, and then all of our individual handles are in the bio as well. So be sure to follow our individual accounts so you can read our hot takes. 
and then uh, on Facebook. So definitely follow us on Facebook as well. So we will talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.